Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now... Two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 390. This is the Ooh. official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, T.O. Tony Ortiz. How are you doing, my man? I'm all right, except I can't tell time, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was I won't put anything on you. I did plenty of uh, my own thing. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Let's take a look at what we've got going on. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. The Lions and the Packers, last game of the season. A lot of fun ahead. Um, this will be an interesting one. Uh, we've got injury report to talk about. The Vegas, the Vegas Lions. Game predictions. We've got all that and a whole lot more. T.O., are you ready to go? I'm ready. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see what we got here. Uh, we've got the meta of the Packers this week and uh, the Lions. Let's see what happens if we can figure this out. All right. Um, the teams have met 184 times in the last two times. 184 times. The last one was game two of this season. That's it. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. I knew there was a two in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Um, I know there's a little bit of an echo. I'm working on that, guys. I think that's on my side. So we'll see what we can do. All right. Um, the Packers lead the series 105 to 72 to 7. So it's been close. Mm-hmm. Ish. Uh, Packers won the last five. They've won five of the last nine. So we had four in a row there. Mm-hmm. Uh, since 2000, they've met 43 times. This is, this is a achy breaky stat the packers Uh-oh. have won 32 of those 43 times that's domination yeah it is yeah it is that's minnesota vikings against the lions in the 70s type of domination ouch. <laughs> <laughs> ouch all right so with that um we can take a look at the uh, first game was in 1930 it was a 47 to 13 win by the packers, packers. And let's see here. Total points. Uh, the Packers have scored 3,935 points. The Lions 3,432 with an average gap of about 2.73 points per game. That's a little thicker than what we're used to. A little bit. But let me go on a limb and say that the difference Sunday is probably going to be a little bit more than 2.7 points. You think so? Yeah, I do. You're probably right. All right. (laughs) All right. Let's get right into the injury report. Oh, no. Biggest memories. Biggest memories of the Lions and the Packers. I have one that will never, ever leave my memory. Green Bay, little old ladies, bratwurst cart outside of the radio studio. (laughs) I can't ever. Uh, So that was a big one. But really. The, and I don't know why it's maybe being a Lions fan. I'm not sure what exactly it is, but there's this element of pain that comes out of um, games like this. And I think about the Matt Flynn making his career, yes. making his fortunes against the Lions. 
That was just horrific. That's horrific. The thing that stands out to me, Chris, about these games is way too many of them when I covered the Lions were in Lambeau Field in week 17. Mm. So picture the weather right now here in Michigan, which is basically cold. Um, Hoff like is my tauntaun is warming up outside and think about going into Lambeau Field with that type of weather. And it used to it just drove me nuts. And I'll explain here shortly why it drives you nuts. One of my memories about that final week of a game between the Packers and Lions at Lambeau, even though it's in Ford Field this year, um, it was cold and I was bundled up. I mean, just absolutely bundled up looking for where the heaters were because, you know, the heaters are going to be my friends. And Nate Burleson comes out shirtless. And it's cold and he comes out shirtless and he thinks it's pretty funny. Hey, why don't you join? Join me. I'm coming out shirtless. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Then Calvin Johnson comes up. Hey, I'm shirtless. Hey, it's Lambeau (laughs) Field. Hey. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, this is a disturbing trend that I don't want to be a part of and don't want to see. And then Sean Jefferson, who's the wide receivers coach at the time, he also then came out shirtless. I'm like, that's it. I'm ignoring you guys. I'm turning my back on you all because I don't want to see this. But what the basic message was, it's basic mind over matter. So what? It's cold. We're not going to let the cold affect us. And I'm sitting there saying, it's cold. My mind matters. I'm going to enjoy myself in my bundled up gloves, coat, hat, heater, everything necessary to survive Lambeau Field. But the NFL had way too many of these games the final week of the season in Lambeau Field as opposed to Ford Field. Now that I'm not doing a game, suddenly they're in Ford Field. So thank you, NFL. (laughs) So it definitely affected you is what you're saying. Yes. Oh, God, yes. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that's 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 nuts. We'll get into the. the, the the weather report here for this game shortly. You know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. Somehow I think the weather is going to be pretty cool at Ford Field. <laughs> By the way, I do have a stat for you about this, though, Chris. Yeah. This will be the ninth time the Packers and Lions have faced each other in the final game of the regular season. Green Bay is 6-2 and two in the previous eight. They won in 2007, 2008, 2011, 2014, 2016, and 2019. I should say this is the ninth meeting since 2007. The only two games the Lions won against the Packers on the last day of the regular season, 2017 and 2018. Mm. Who's the coach then? 2017 and 18. I'm going to go on a limb and say it was Jim Caldwell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It's always rhetorical. It's never real. Right. (laughs) You know what? 2017 was Caldwell. If I'm not mistaken, 2018 was Patricia. Yeah. His biggest win ever. Yep. <laughs> All right. Actually, the, the the Patriots were. The Patriots were the one win that made people think that there was, including me, that there mm-hmm. could potentially be something that worked out there. Little did we know how much damage he was doing on the backside that we didn't see. So, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. All right. Let's get into the Diamond CBD injury report brought to you by Diamond CBD. When you're looking for the real deal. Take care of your head, take care of your body, your pain, recovery from a workout. Head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. It will take you directly there to let them know that we sent you, and you will get, oh my gosh, I'll get to you, Justin. You will get the relief you need 
and uh, at the top top quality diamond cbd has been doing this for a long time they have really really great stuff i can attest to it personally as being the best way to take your head whether you need to take care of just some muscle pain with the cream you want to get that uh that insomnia to just kind of float away and help you get your sleep right there or you want to do a little recreational stuff they've got that as well with the uh delta 8 or the active cbd which is I think they, they the Delta Eight's no good in Michigan. They illegalized it, but don't worry, don't worry. They've got Active CBD, which is the same thing basically, but legal, and you can get it there. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Take care of yourself the way that all the pros do, including Calvin Johnson. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right, Diamond CBD Injury Report. We've got a lot of guys coming back from the uh, the plague, don't we, Tony? Yeah, it's a good thing too because the Lions need to be at full strength for this game because I think, and, and we'll get into it when we start talking about matchups, but I think the one way the Lions can possibly pull off the upset in this game is to be healthier and to have more at stake than the Green Bay Packers, which at this point I think they do a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. The the kind of sense of what's at stake. The Packers, there's a lot of talk of them resting, folks. They've got the number mm-hmm. one seed locked up. They're going to have the bye week. No need to risk injury. The problem is, and this is where the problem for the Lions is, because, look, they're facing the number one seed in the NFC, potentially the best team in football, right? Correct. We could very easily make that argument. Um, it's a it's a divisional game, and, yep. and there's a little bit of emotion. There's a little bit more than just a end of, you know, last game, we're going to let it go kind of a thing. And I think the NFL was smart to make these divisional games the last game I of agree. the season to really put extra weight where maybe it wasn't before. So how these Packers take this game and how they decide to kind of use the motivation of the, the divisional piece, I think will be really important for how the Lions fare. And here's the other thing. Matt LaFleur came out today and said, look, I'm going to play my starters. Aaron Rodgers is going to start on Sunday against the Lions. He didn't say he'd finish the game. He just said he would start the game. I'm sure Devontae Adams will start the game. I'm sure if he's healthy enough, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon will start the game. The question is, how long will they go in the contest? Because Now you bring up the question of rest versus rust. If you're the Packers, can you possibly afford to give guys up to three weeks off before they play a game and believe that those guys are going to play at the same level they did before you gave them the rest? And I think that's the key here for the Packers. If I'm Green Bay, and I'm giving away a little bit of what I was going to say for the matchup, if I'm Green Bay, I put the full court press, to borrow a term from basketball, on the Lions immediately out of the gate. I want to go up 24, 28 nothing. At some point in this game, even by halftime, so I can pull my starters comfortably knowing that what I did, you know, I sent the message that we're taking all of these games just as seriously. You know, week 18 is just as serious as week one. And so I'm going to put the full court press on the Lions right away and try to blow them out of the game early so I can rest Aaron Rodgers, so I can rest Devontae Adams, so I can rest the guys who need to rest and get ready for the playoffs. And the risk on Matt LaFleur as a potential coach of the year candidate who because he's he's done a spectacular job i I hate to say it and this is one of the things we're kind of calling it sands through the hourglass (laughs) a kind of (laughs) retrospective on the season if you go back to the first week of the season and Mm -hmm. all the aaron Rodgers drama and everything that was going on to today it's a completely different narrative there's a completely different aura surrounding the team and and what's happening throw in the whole Vax thing in the middle of the season with Aaron. I mean, it, there's it's just been a roller coaster of news. 
So we were, we, were going, we were thinking of going back and doing kind of that sands through the hourglass for a bunch of the teams in the NFL and how the narrative has changed as the, as the season went forward. I thought that'd be a pretty good retrospective. But um, where this team is right now, Matt LaFleur as a, as a, uh, as a potential coach of the year candidate, mm-hmm. um, if one of those guys get injured, I know if one of those guys gets hurt, this, the, you know, that that's the big scary part. And that's the big risk. Do you play scared? No, you can't play scared in the NFL. Right. right? And it's, it's, it's a tough guy's sport. Um, it, it, I won't get into Antonio Brown. That's a whole, that's a whole other mess. <laughs> but he did, he ran across the field without a shirt on too. Um, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the only impressive thing he did during that entire game. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so hard not to jump in there. But Matt LaFleur has a lot at risk if one if Devontae Adams or Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. He would be he would be pilloried. He would be yeah. pilloried. And they don't need to play. So the idea yeah. that he's putting them out there, I have a sense that maybe they they play it a little bit more like a preseason game. We'll see him for a drive, two drives, and uh, maybe put up and, and they'll play hard. They will try to put those points up quick to get themselves out to a, an early lead. It may smell a little bit like the the uh, Falcons game where they got out early and then kind of the Lions had a fight back for the rest of the way. But we'll get into that. We're talking about injuries. Sorry. No, By no, all no, means, no, I didn't no, mean to great. hijack the conversation. It was there. a good conversation, Tony. You know that. It always is. <laughs> uh, Jason Kambinda is out. Did not practice mm-hmm. all week. He's got a knee. He's therefore done for the season, folks, if you hadn't heard. Cool. Uh, I have to really quick in the chat. Justin McClain, the Hail Mary is the most visit, vivid memory I have of yeah in Detroit and you know Justin I I would say absolutely unfortunately or fortunately for me I've got a real strong um, rep- repression uh, psychology me- mechanism that just kind of makes that like it never happened I it just it doesn't even hit the memory banks I'm just I'm already past it um, otherwise if I could remember things like that I'd be probably with a straight jacket somewhere at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Which Packer pass was the most damaging to Lions fans? Was it the Hail Mary Rodgers to Rodgers, or was it Brett Favre to Sterling Sharp wide open? Mm. Keep what? in mind, that was a playoff game. The, the Rodgers to Rodgers was a regular season game that was nationally televised on a Thursday night. Favre to Sharp was a playoff game at the Silverdome one week after the Lions had beaten the Packers to win the NFC Central Division title. That's and it's going to be the Favre to Sharp for me. Yep. And I think that's probably where Justin's and Justin, I don't know how, how old you are. I'm sorry. But I, I feel like I was probably closer to Justin's age when the Favre to Sharp happened. And it was mm-hmm. it really stung me as, as, as the, 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 the phrase that Sandman quoted. It touched me in my fandom very deeply. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it really got me um, to the point now where I can I can repress some of these these terrible, scary memories. So. <laughs> That's what we got on that. Uh, Chris, all, right. all I remember is the Silver Dome just going silent when that pass was complete. It's like, ah! <laughs> just like that. Just a that was, murmur. That was a great impression. That was Thank you. A great impression. <laughs> <laughs> I try. All right. Um, we've got a lot of guys with limited practice. Uh, Brockers, Goff, Jackson, Reeves, Mabin, Josh Reynolds, and Brock Wright. Josh Reynolds, Brock Wright are both COVID returnees, Correct. Correct. And Reeves Mabin, he was a uh, uh, shoulder pe- uh, injury, right? Correct. And then we have Goff, who was a knee after COVID. Which Correct. Basically, it seems like it took two weeks for him to recover from that knee because when you're on COVID, they don't talk about any physical ailments that you might have. Again, correct. So let me. So ask, here's my oh, question. Go ahead, go ahead. 
Do you play Jared Goff? I do. Do you? Why? Yeah. You know what you've got with Jared Goff. Because I, so this is, this is kind of the, the thing I have. Neither team has anything to lose except players right Correct. now. The Lions don't have any games any for the, you know, until September, August for preseason um, to, to worry too immensely about losing these players, right? Mm-hmm. There's a division rivalry. I know it doesn't mean anything really to the players today. I think maybe it does a little bit, but that 105 and 72 number, it's just it's just vicious, right? 32 and 11 out of the last 43. Oh, God. If I'm the Lions, I want to make that 32 and 12. I want, I'm Dan Campbell. I want to start this turnaround, and I would love to end this season with a victory for this team to take them into the offseason to help. So it doesn't hurt you at all to win. Right. Right. And there's no way Jacksonville's going to win this week. I just I just don't see Jacksonville Jacksonville pulling out a victory. So that being said, you can't hurt yourself by winning unless Jacksonville wins. And even then, it's one position in the draft. They're probably going to go offensive line. I don't think they're going to touch us in our draft perspective. So I, I, I just think there's really nothing to lose winning this game and everything to gain for the Detroit Lions. And if I think about Dan Campbell and his mindset, he's just not a laydown kind of guy. So that's why I think we're going to see Jared Goff out there. I'll just do devil's advocate here, which is, look, you know what you've got with Jared Goff. You had a number of games. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know what you got with Jared Goff. You know exactly what you've seen. You, you've got a pretty good idea. Maybe this is the time to take a closer look at Tim Boyle, even though he's only started a couple of games. And maybe this is the time to dust off the cobwebs off David Blau and give him a chance to possibly show what the coaches can do. So, again, just playing devil's advocate here. And look, I think they're going to play Jared Goff, and I think he's going to play the entire game. But I also think that this is an opportunity, especially against one of the better teams in the NFL, to see what Tim Boyle, to see what David Blau could possibly do. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like they know what they have in Boyle. I'm not sure Tim Boyle comes back next year. I I, I don't know. Agreed. Um, it's interesting. The quarterbacks that will be at the Senior Bowl this year, the names, um, Howard, mm-hmm. Ritter, Willis, all these guys, um, they, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those names winds up being a backup for the Lions next year. Um, I agree. Feels like a real step up from from Boyle. Mm-hmm. Um and again, just wouldn't be surprised. And I, and to be able to get a look at these guys, that's so valuable for this team in this draft. Uh, I think that's something that's been undersold in all the discussion. You, you hear, oh, this is a terrible draft to need a quarterback. Oh, no. But here's all this time where you get to work with them directly and get right. to know them. And, and where you're trying to find that one diamond in the rough to be able to work with them and, and have that time with them on the field gives you such an advantage to know what's actually out there when you make your decisions in the draft. so Senior Bowl week is going to be absolutely critical for the Lions scouting department and for the rest of the NFL scouting departments because you don't have that top-flight quarterback. There is no Trevor Lawrence. There is no Zach Wilson. There is no Mac Jones. There is no Trey Lance in this year's draft, a clear-cut top-of-the-line quarterback. So it's going to be up to the scouting departments. It's going to be up to the front office personnel departments to figure out which of the quarterbacks that's currently in the draft is one that can help your team in the long run. So the onus this year more so than any other year, is on the scouting staffs, is on the front office to determine which quarterback can help your franchise and which quarterback you need to stay away from. So this will be a very, very important week for Lions personnel, for the Lions personnel department to figure out which of these quarterbacks they should really take a serious look at and possibly consider drafting in April. And I think about Justin Herbert, I have to, and, and I'm going to have to go back and do a little um, detective work and, and some kind of memory scoping. 
Nobody, when he, you know, none of the the pundits, the 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 media, and people Correct. that watched him thought he was that he was anything. He was going to mount much of anything in the NFL other than a a, a pretty good backup uh, after the Senior Bowl. And somebody somebody saw, you know, San Diego saw something there, or I guess LA saw something there, and um, <laughs> and they picked up a, a real a real nice piece for that team, a real solid piece. So this is definitely an opportunity to kind of get some of that insider info. The only national pundit I can remember a few years ago who was high on Justin Herbert was Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. That was it. That was the only guy who had anything remotely saying or remotely projected that Herbert would be the quarterback that he is right now. That's the only guy. Everybody else was not quite as sold on Justin Herbert as as Jeremiah was. That better be on his nameplate outside his office. <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah, I found Justin Herbert. Dang right. Uh, all right, so Jared Goff, I play him. I I, I go out there and okay. play him as a divisional piece, as a opportunity to try to build build confidence. Because I don't think for the whole game he's playing against your best defense, and frankly, his confidence should soar a little bit playing the, the whole game against some weaker competition. He has an opportunity to do some some good things. The rest of the team has some opportunity to do some good things, and taking a win against the pack away for the Lions to end this season kind of seals the season on a high note and that okay progress has been made with this team now there will always be the naysayers oh well it wasn't the full Packers team that's right nobody's it, it, it may we may find out after this week that nobody beats this Packers team right, <laughs> right? but that's okay that's okay we beat the Packers team that they fielded uh that day and that's something that we'd only done we'd only beaten two teams <laughs> so far this year so and look, if they beat the Packers, Chris, two of their final wins came against two playoff teams with 10-plus wins, the Cardinals and the Packers, if they should pull it off against Green Bay on Sunday. So that's something, if you're Dan Campbell, you can build on going into the offseason and going into the 2022 season. And he's got a better record against plus 500 teams, I think, than uh, Matt Patricia already. <laughs> I'll have to look into that. All right. Uh, so Jonah Jackson limited. Uh, Reeves Maven, Josh Reynolds, Brock Wright limited. On the Packers side, David Bakhtiari with a knee. He had full practice on Friday. Didn't practice on Thursdays. Questionable. Uh, Devondre Campbell, linebacker. Limited practice. Questionable. Uh, Dominique Daphne. Um, he's limited practice. Also questionable. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, limited practice, but not listed. <laughs> <laughs> Mercedes Lewis didn't practice on Thursday, full practice Friday. He's unlisted. Okay. Uh, Jair Alexander, limited practice on Friday, is listed as out. Okay. That's- I figured that anybody who's near questionable gets the extra time off. So I think Jair Alexander not playing is actually a good move for the Packers. Give him a couple of weeks to get better. So he's 100% when they start their playoff run. Yeah, and that's very good for the Lions. That's yep. huge help. You, t- you couple that with Aaron Jones who is limited all week and questionable. Uh, again, I'm Matt LaFleur. I probably don't put Aaron Jones in the field. Right. He's a he's your workhorse. You need him through the rest of the playoffs. Right. I'd probably start A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. The one name that you mentioned there that's interesting that I'm going to watch for on Sunday if he plays is David Bakhtiari. He's been out for most of the year with a leg injury. Him coming back and playing this game against the Lions and playing all of the offensive snaps gets him ready to go for the playoffs. So if you're the Packers, Getting Bakhtiari back is not bad at all. That's right. a good thing. At least get him some game speed so he can get up. I should say some game action so he can get up to game speed so that if you play him and start him on the offensive line in a couple of weeks when you start the playoffs, 
that's something that's a positive for Green Bay. 100%. 100%. All right, we'll get into the uh, the weather forecast. This is a big deal, especially in the dome stadiums. 32 degrees and cloudy at kickoff. There's no call for precip- precipitation. Do we have a wind forecast for Ford Field, Tony? Uh, Ford Field, in my time there, was not very windy at all, so... I think the wind will not be a factor in the game on Sunday. I can't help but do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help. <laughs> you know what? I talked to Jim Brandstatter earlier this week, and the first thing he said, how's the wind? <laughs> that- so, no. No one is letting that die. Thank you very much. You know what? If Daniel Jeremiah puts, I found Justin Herbert on his door, I'm going to put on my door the wind at the Metrodome. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, going back to the St. Jude thing in 2020 with you, Dan Miller, Jim Brandstatter, definitely one of my top fives of all time of interviews on the show. That was and and I, I want to stand up for you because they did poke at you a little bit there, Tony. But oh, you guys did. and the interplay is it was just it, it took me back. It was like it was like being comfy with your pipe and slippers by the fireplace, listening <laughs> to the radio kind of a situation. I loved having you guys on and the, the banter is still absolutely alive. You guys are great. <laughs> you know what? I love those two guys. I really do. They're like the older brothers that I, well, I'm actually kind of older than one of them. Uh, they're like the older brothers that I never had. And it was just awesome. It's awesome to run into them. It's awesome to talk to them. And that was one of easily, Chris, one of the highlights of my career was getting the chance to do that for the St. Jude. It was it was marvelous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, love you on there. And just so folks know, we'll see a lot more of Tony as we go on. We're talking a little bit about getting Tony incorporated a little more into the show. So it'll be we're excited. We're really excited. Good stuff <laughs> for the future. Um, oh, we got a super chat from Floundericious. He's he's got the report for you, Tony. Wins okay. will be 40, gusting to 69 in Ford Field. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Flounder. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We have. We, there's a certain thing about our, our our audience and that number. I mean, even the uh, the St. Jude final total ended with sixty nine cents. I think it was like sixty nine dollars and sixty nine cents. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why we're in love with that number, but that's just where it keeps landing. <laughs> on my to do list, one day meeting Floundericious. That's yeah. on my to do list. He's, he's something special. We gotta. We have to get him a trade. Flounder, come to the training camp party this year. That's what we should do. Get you come out, Tony. We 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 do it. You know, you know, every year. It'd be fun. It'd be fun to get you out to hang out with some of the folks. We have a really really good time there. It's cool. a good deal down in Commerce Township. Okay. All right. More on that as soon as they release the uh, the training camp schedule, which is June. Everyone knows, so we got time to plan. Um, yeah. Let's get to scouting the matchups. We talked a little bit out uh, about this. The Detroit defense is one of my key matchups against a. Hopefully, non-Aaron Jones, non-Aaron Rodgers offense. I, I always, again, I hearken back to that Matt Flynn game. This is one of those traps. Our defense is, is, is kind of limping in here at the end of the season. A lot of injuries, of course, throughout the year. But we're, you know, Barnes didn't have a, a great game uh, against Seattle. Um, yeah. But didn't look spectacular out there. How can they stand up? And I think... Not just for this game as far as a matchup, but going into the offseason, how this defense performs is going to be important from from coach to to depth player uh, across the board for this defense. My matchup is the same as yours, which is the Packers offense against the Lions defense before a different reason. And I kind of touched on a little bit. My feeling is if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm putting a hammer, excuse me, I'm putting a hammer down. The moment that the game begins, because if I can get my team out to a big enough lead, 
I can start resting Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and all the key players on the Packers. So if you're the Lions, you really have to withstand the first 15, 25 minutes of this game because the Packers are going to try to put the Lions away early so they can coast. So it's incumbent on the Lions defense to play better in the first half of this game than they did in the first half of the Seattle game. That game, by the way, surprised me. I thought it was going to be a closer game than it was. And the Seahawks that took the field against the Lions look like the Seahawks team at the beginning of the season that I thought was going to be a factor in the NFC West. By the way, true story, Chris, I have a friend who lives in Seattle and he was amazed. Seahawks fans were absolutely ticked off with the game on Sunday. Now, you would think, well, why would they be ticked off? They won. The fans in Seattle were ticked because this was the Seahawks team they expected to see from the beginning. And some of the fans were ticked that the Lions, you know, they saved all of this for the Lions, a team that had two wins on the season. Why didn't they do this against the Cardinals or against the Rams or against the 49ers, some of the bigger name teams that they faced? And then there was a faction of fans who also thought, well, why now? What, where was this offense when Russell Wilson was struggling? Where was this offense when Geno Smith was there? Why wasn't this the cause? It was no one was satisfied with the game that happened Sunday because Lions fans who called into the ticket, Chris, they were ticked because, well, they just blew their shot at having the number one pick. Jacksonville pretty much locked it in by losing. Why couldn't the Lions have, you know, won a game or lost the game earlier? Why are they always number two? It was just amazing how nobody, either in Seattle or Detroit, was happy with how that game unfolded. The Lions have have had a knack this year of making other teams angry, other teams' fan base. <laughs> yes, right. I mean, so many so many games where we'd play a team close yep. and they just barely barely equal Baltimore, uh, Minnesota, the, te- the 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 close game that we lost. Um, just team after team after team, Pittsburgh, right across Cleveland. the board, Cleveland. They were angry by how this. You know, to use the phrase or they're thinking at the time, this trash team could show up right. and play their team right to the edge of, the, of, of you know, uh, potential loss. Um, I'm interested in Lions fans that think that, oh, we blew it by winning games this year. I'm I'm almost certain that Jacksonville is going to take an offensive tackle or an offensive line player. player. Um, it's going to not going to affect how we pick at all. And the other thing is, I mean, if we if we pick second or fourth or third or one, yeah, it, it affects what you pick because you don't get to pick first overall. But right. winning is so much more important. It means so much more to the team and to the players. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, there's this guy, Bill Belichick. I don't think he's picked in the top 10 in over a decade. Correct. He's done pretty good at getting talent and, and pretty good at putting a, f- a team together. I'm not going to worry about one, two, three positions in the draft when you can turn wins in to turn to, to to cause that uh, to happen losing on purpose for draft is is chicken hawk you know kind of way to go <laughs> i know what you mean <laughs> um i think part of the reason lions fans some lions fans let me not throw everybody under the bus but some lions fans especially want to be in striking distance or get that number one pick is because of aiden hutchinson I think there would not be quite the fervor to get that number one pick among some Lions fans if there wasn't a Michigan player right there possibly sitting there at number one. So I think that kind of feeds into it a little bit for some Lions fans that they want to be able to get the hometown guy, Chris Hutchinson, and bring him to Detroit. If you want to talk about unconscious bias and unconscious bias training, you, you can line me up for any Michigan or Michigan State player that gets mm-hmm. all the hype in Detroit. Aiden Hutchinson, it took, I was like, I was 
fine. I'm sold on him after the season. Uh, after the Big Ten championship, I'm like, okay, this is the guy that everyone said he is. But it took a lot because I, I, my, my reaction is always just to dismiss. It's just a bunch of hype. They get to see all the games. They get overhyped right. on the local players. That's that. And then he showed up at the, uh, <laughs> at the game against uh, um, uh, Georgia, and it was like, oh god, they schemed the heck out of him. They really, yeah, they, they really beat him up and made him just not look great. Has it changed my opinion? It's in, it's it's fired up my bias a little bit. I have to admit, mm-hmm. right? I I know he's a good player. I know he's a great player. I think, and and I, I've seen people make comparisons. There's a combo of JJ and uh, TJ Watt for him. I think he mm-hmm. definitely has that kind of upside. I think, and then he contrasts that with Thibs, who you're like, boy, he probably has a better upside. But by the same token, he's taking plays off, so maybe the yep. floor is lower. I I would hate to be Brad Holmes having to make that decision after the Jaguars have made their decision for an offensive lineman. (laughs) You are stuck on that with the Jaguars (laughs) going offensive lineman. Look, I was higher on Thibodeau than I was on Hutchinson. I I just think that Thibodeau has a chance to be the next Micah Parsons. I think that's the type of player he could ultimately be. But then I saw him play against Oklahoma in the bowl game, and I thought, and then the last couple of games he played for Oregon in the regular season, it, it just, I don't feel the same way about him that I did. I thought he was the no doubt about it. Number one pick. Now I'm not so sure I could see him or Hutchinson one, two. And you're right. The way Hutchinson played against Georgia, they schemed him and he was not as effective. I don't think he was very effective against the Bulldogs. So to me, what they do at the combine, what they do in private workouts, I think that's what's going to determine which one of those players goes at one or which one goes at two. Or does an offensive lineman sneak in there for Jacksonville at some point and pushes those two down? Yeah. And you think about Thibodeau, he he may know his position's locked, right? Because he's got the tape up there. Then you know who you got there. Does right. he not want to get injured? Does he want to just ensure his position? I mean, there's all kinds of other factors that go into what a player does. He's he again. You, you see, if he took a couple plays off at the end of the season, he didn't do all those things. Was it him just kind of protecting his paycheck? It's it's possible. Can Dan Campbell get the most out of him? I kind of like to think sure. he can. I like I kind of like to think that even if he is a guy that wants to take a couple plays off, he's not going to do that with Dan Campbell. He's just no. Not I agree. Be able to do that. So, um, I, I kind of like the upside more for him. Love the hometown thing. I, I I didn't go too deep into it, but Hutchinson's dad, I believe, said he hopes the Lions don't take him. I kind of get it. I think it's not that the Lions are history or curses or anything like that. I think there's an element of, you know, your your kid's a star in the town where you live and where your, right. your roots are. And that's really hard because if things go bad, people start hating. You go to the grocery store, you have to hear it. You look what happens uh, to Matt Nagy's son at his high school games when the, the people show, show up and say, scream fire Nagy at his, at his, while his yeah. kid's playing football. I wouldn't, as a parent, I wouldn't want my child to be playing in my market for that reason alone. Just because if yep. things go bad, I wouldn't expect that they would. But eventually something happens along the way and they have a bad game or whatever. Just wouldn't want that. It's a whole lot easier to live outside of the market where they're playing so that you don't have to face that every day. So I think that's probably where where they're coming from on that one. And the Lions do have a history of taking a local guy who had the pressures of trying to keep everybody happy, and it didn't work out very well, and that's Charles Rogers. Mm -hmm. There is a part of me that believes that Charles Rogers, had he not gone to the Lions, maybe if he goes to another team, 
where you don't have the pressures of being that hometown guy, being the Saginaw guy who played at Michigan State and was a star and was coming to the Lions. Maybe his career turns out different. Maybe his life turns out differently. Who knows? But that's something to definitely consider. Does Would that be a detriment for Aiden Hutchinson playing for the Lions, knowing how he was a standout at Michigan, knowing how he's a local standout? By the way, I misspoke. I meant to say Kayvon Thibodeau at the Pac-12 championship yeah, game, not the know, bowl I, game, so I, I apologize. Yeah, I know what you meant. I was with you, too. Okay. Probably better to clarify, though, because yep. you, you know how that goes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you better oh, have yes. All right. Um, the one other thing I want to talk about is the um, the other matchup is Jared Goff coming back. He plays, even if it's uh, uh, Tim Boyle, well, you know, let mm-hmm. Tim Boyle kind of a thing, um, and uh, or, or uh, David Blau. The Green Bay defense. Okay, so we know Jair under Alexander's out, but this defense mm-hmm. I think has been underrated this year by people. I think people have overlooked the quality of the Packers defense and undersold what's there. Even without Alexander there, um, they they have a really strong defense, and that's going to be interesting. If if Jared plays, how do we do against this this defense this defensive uh, core of the uh, the Green Bay Packers? And if you go back to Week Two, Chris. Jared Goff in the first half of that game at Lambeau Field was torching the Packers defense. He played extremely well. That might be the best half of football all season that Jared Goff played the first half against the Green Bay Packers. The second half was a different story, but the first half gives you that kind of hope that in a game like this one, maybe Jared Goff can find that magic once again, and maybe he can go ahead and torch the Packers. The one thing he did that was smart in that game was he let the Packers, in a sense, dictate the passes. He went underneath. He did not throw a lot of deep passes. He went underneath. He was on target with his passes. He used everybody. He used TJ Hawkinson when he was healthy at the time. DeAndre Swift was used. He went and used everybody and kept the ball moving. And that was the big thing. And now with a running game, there's a possibility he could have that type of first half, maybe extended into the second half on Sunday. So I'm very curious to see which Jared Goff shows up, especially after two weeks off. Is he the freshest guy out there on the offense, considering some of the other guys he's going to be playing with? or playing with on Sunday, have kind of banged up, you know, coming to the end of the season. What are you going to get from those guys? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, God, I love talking. I'm, I'm, I'm in that mode, Tony. I mean, the season isn't quite over, and we're getting into that, the, the senior bowl, the the scouting and draft and, and free. I'm just like, so excited. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. And it's not that I want this to be over, but I'm just – all that, that talk, I can I could go on that now. All right, let's talk about the odds brought to you by Amazon, where your odds are good. You should have prime delivery. Go to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Head on over. It takes you right there. There's no funny stuff. It just puts a little cookie in that browser to let uh, Bezos know that it was us that sent you over there. Oh, it's those guys again. Darn it, they're going <laughs> to take some money out of my pocket. Doesn't cost you anything more. Uh, Bezos just has to cough up a little bit of his profit, helps out the podcast, helps us do what we do. And does it by you doing something you were going to do anyway. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Thank you, everybody who uses that. Uh, mm-hmm. I did just find out that the it's HTTPS. It's just, you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people were getting um, a, a problem when they do that. Just do HTTP, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, and it'll push you right through. No problem. I'll fix that in the meantime. But if it, if it gives you that error, it's just because there's a, a certificate thing, and it's just another technical thing I got to deal with. So, By the way, if you raise enough money through Detroit Lions Podcast for Amazon, Chris might go up in the space. William Shatner's gone. Michael Strahan's gone. Who knows? If you get enough money in there and get Bezos' attention, you might decide, you know what? I need a podcaster to go up in the space. I like the way you think. 
I was all thinking that one day I'd get enough money from this thing to go buy a Tesla. <laughs> just, just joke. <laughs> I want to. I want like the the millionaire cage fight, right? <laughs> so I'm there you for. go. <laughs> billionaire cage fight. Sorry, I gotta get the B in there. All right, let's talk about those odds. Vegas. They have the spread now. It opened with the Lions as a favorite for the first time this season, and it was like <laughs> awesome. They talk about putting the starters in. Now it's Packers minus 3.5. So they are the yeah. favorite. Three and a half points, Tony. That's tempting. So I, here's here's the thing. And again, you, you know, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Some thank passing, you. Thank you. Whatever. But if I look at the Seattle game, the first part of the game, Seattle ran out to a lead. And then the yeah, Lions came back and, and almost made it a game. It got a lot more exciting towards the end. They scored some points. The onside kick. It was like, okay, there's something here. There's something that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, I love Dan Campbell's onside kicks and, and, and punt fakes. And I just love how much we're seeing this. It's so different than Matt Patricia. I love this. This the way he plays. He calls plays. But um so we think about it, okay, it's going to be like a preseason game. We're going to see two, maybe a quarter of Aaron Rodgers. Let's just predict, mm-hmm. right? That's three quarters of Dan Campbell's offense and somebody else's, you know, Jordan Love. <laughs> I wonder why. When the Packers traded up to get Jordan Love, and, I, and there's a gift from it that the guys in the Slack did, I, I laughed like heartily i lost it because jordan love we watched him at the at the senior bowl that year and it was like why would you trade up at the end of the first for jordan love i don't think i am i will say he is not the quarterback of the future in green bay they have a lot of troubles if aaron's gone well here's the thing if he gets into the game and i'm pretty sure he's going to get into the game depending on how green bay does in the first half this is a huge game for him because He can silence the critics by playing well against Detroit. If he struggles against the Lions, the critics are going to be out in force. And then suddenly there might be more Packer fans swinging towards that. Hey, let's not get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Let's do everything we can to keep him. And here's the other thing, too. You pointed out at the beginning of the podcast, Chris, in the past, Packers backup quarterbacks have done pretty well against the Lions Mm. when they've gotten the opportunity. Is Jordan Love the next backup quarterback? who's going to possibly make his career against the Lions. We have a bot in Slack that anytime the the Packers are mentioned there's or Aaron Rodgers is mentioned there's a there's there's certain phrases that pop back. One of them is um you know the the Aaron Rodgers and his family the rift there that's going on. Yes. One of the responses is the only love in Aaron Rodgers' life is Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man, a uh, face that only uh, that even a mother couldn't love, um, <laughs> and Aaron um yeah, no the 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 love I, the love connection. I, I would love to see that play out. I would love to see what he has. I would hate for it to be another Flynn, but we have the excuse. We did it with Matt Flynn, right? We just sure. we just set him up. That's what we'll say. We set him up for for another yeah. Matt Flynn moment. Um, but that's 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 a big deal. So you get the first quarter with uh, with Aaron Rodgers, then they have you know Jordan Love out there and the and the Lions defense and, and Jared Goff. Gosh, I feel like we can spring one of those comebacks and 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 make this a good game and potentially, you know, that three and a half is hard to bet as far as the spread. I think you're pretty much betting on a Lions win if you take that. I might consider if I'm if I'm doing it, I go the other way, Chris. I take the Packers giving the three and a half. There you go. All right. Moneyline has the Lions at plus 155. Packers mm-hmm. minus 180. 
And the yeah. over under, yeah, no, I'm not touching that, right? No, <laughs> it's a toss up. It's a toss up. Um, the over under is 45 points. I would stay away from that. <laughs> I would stay away from that. Just think, if if I had to lean on any way on the over under, I might go under. Really? See, Tony, yep. you are you are the oracle. We 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 established this earlier in the season. I was completely different. I thought the defenses were just going to be they're just so decimated that there was going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I don't disagree with you. I can see a I can see a scenario where that could happen. I just you don't feel it. I, I know. You. I don't feel it. No. And when we get to the game prediction, I'll tell you why I don't feel it. Okay. Well, let's get to the Fanatics final outcome game prediction. Go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Oh, I am an oracle. <laughs> <laughs> fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. It works pretty much the same way. It doesn't cost you anything extra. doesn't take money out of Bezos' pocket. But those Fanatics folks, they, they're making money hand over fist. They've got the, the college sports teams. They've got all the mm-hmm. pro sports teams. It doesn't matter what league. They're, they've got all the merch. So they're making they're making some serious coin. Take a little of their pocket too. Give it to the podcast. Help us out by going to fanatics at DetroitLionsPodcast.com for all your official gear. Lions, Tigers, Red Wings. Let's go Wings. Uh, Pistons. Right? Pistons. Pistons. They're, they're looking good. Having fun with them. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on. Head on over to fanatics at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right, Tony. Hit us up with your prediction. I know you're you're really big on the over on the 45. What do you see for us? <laughs> Um, no, I'm big on the under on the 45 because I think the Packers, Chris, are going to jump out to a quick early lead. I really do. I think this is going to be one of those games where they go up 21 nothing early and then put in Jordan Love and the other players. And I think that at that point, the scoring kind of slows down for the Packers. And I think the scoring will slow down a little bit for the Lions. Um, put me down for 28. No, 24-17 Packers over the Lions. I think it's going to be a closer game than people believe, but I just think it's going to be a tale of two halves. It's going to be the first half. The Packers are going to try to blow out the lines. The second half, it's going to be a little more closer game. So 24, 17 for me, Packers over the Lions. All right. I'm on the other side and I'm going to, I'm a little bit bolder. I don't want to say bolder, but a little bit of a bold prediction here. Mm -hmm. I think that Dan Campbell got his FTP tattoo on his shoulder this week. (laughs) (laughs) I know what that means. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just think that this is a division game. We beat Minnesota. I think to take a second division game is huge for this team. I think the the fact that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there the whole time. This is the Dan Campbell that we saw. We saw that team against Arizona. This is where kneecap biting really comes into play. This is that this is your 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 pride. This is a divisional game. You've got nothing to lose by winning. You got nothing to gain by losing. You, you they're going to go out there. They're probably going to take some licks from Rodgers. But mm-hmm. I have a feeling that even when Jordan Love comes out there, he's going to they're going to be uh, aggressive with him. They're going to want to use him in a way to to really feel him out as a potential uh replacement for Rodgers because they really don't know still I think what's going to happen Rodgers is such a wild card with his right um what was it wasn't immunized what did he say he was um whatever <laughs> was it immunized he was no immunized. it was immunized. he yeah. wasn't vaccinated he was immunized yeah yeah he's 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 definitely good at threading the verbal needle who knows if he's coming back um I think the Packers really want to get a sense of what they have in Jordan Love they're not going to let off the gas pedal. And I think with uh, Jared Goff out there, Jair Alexander out, potentially the return of Josh Reynolds, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. I've, okay. I've got this, and here's the bold part, 
I've got this as a Lions victory. Ooh. <laughs> I've seen 16 games too, folks. This isn't just like, you know, crazy, crazy <laughs> talk. I just got this sense that this is one of those games, a lot like Arizona, where they just come out and they are wanting to hammer those Packers and bring it home. I've got the Lions winning 30 to 24 in a high scoring affair. Wow. You are really going out on a limb there, Chris. I told you I'm nuts. <laughs> And Aaron Rodgers will be right there to solve you and saw that limb all from under you. <laughs> By the way, Aaron Rodgers, well, you brought it up, so I'll give you the Aaron Rodgers question that, that I had in the newsroom today. Um, if the Packers mess around and win a Super Bowl, does he come back to Green Bay? That's a great question. I don't think his perception has changed. I know they've done a lot to, you know, um, Smooth the waters, smooth the, the, mm-hmm. the with with Aaron, but I just don't think he wants to be there. He'll take his Super Bowl. I think for him, his choice was at the beginning of the year. I was like, "What if?" Because everything we'd seen, he was such a troll. What if Aaron Rodgers just shows up and throws it? Right, he throws the season to say, you know, pound sand, you know, he FTP yeah, right. from, from Aaron. Right. Um, what do you do as a, as a as a Packers fan? This guy's brought you a Super Bowl previously. He's been your superstar. All the records, you know, that Favre doesn't have, and he's broken plenty of Favre's records. Mm-hmm. He throws it. He purposely throws a season because of the coaching staff and everything that had him and 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 uh, the GM. Everything that had him frustrated at that time. The 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 the, the juxtaposition in Packers head, fans' head. Right, you're you're just so conflicted about this guy now. Yep. Um, it would have been the ultimate troll, and I wouldn't put that kind of thing past him. I I see Aaron Rodgers as a as a as a huge troll out there with people. Um, he takes the win though. He goes out the other way. He goes out on top. He's a superhero, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay, now I'm done with the the leadership. You've got your replacement in Jordan Love. I wish you the best. I'm moving on to somewhere else and going to go and and kind of walk out on top. Probably a classier way to do it. Not necessarily the Aaron Rodgers way to do it, but I think he does leave after this season. And I and, and, and it's not just me hoping. I mean, I really hope he does, but I, I I think he leaves after this season. I think he leaves after this season if they do win a Super Bowl. Yeah. My gut feeling is he'll have more Super Bowl wins than Brett Favre. He'll be he won't be the most decorated Packers quarterback that's still Bart Starr to this day. Sure, but he is definitely in the pantheon of great Green Bay Packers quarterbacks. And if he wins another Super Bowl, that probably puts him right behind Bart Starr and ahead of Brett Favre. I think if they don't win a Super Bowl, I think he comes back because I think ultimately what Aaron Rodgers wants as part of his legacy is to have more Super Bowl wins as a quarterback than Brett Favre. And I think that would drive him to do that. And again, he gets two quarter. If he gets two Super Bowl wins, he ties Bart Starr. He's ahead of Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. I could see him wanting to do that desperately to be considered the greatest Packer quarterback ever, even the, though I still think it's going to be Bart Starr ultimately. No, so if they great. win a Super Bowl, he's gone. If they don't win the Super Bowl, I think he comes back. That's really great insight, Tony. That's really I, I like what you're what you're what you're thinking. I mean, not that I like him coming back if they don't win, but I really kind of see that where he has matured as much of a kind of shallow person he's he was and vindictive person as he was he is old enough now and you know getting older myself you start thinking about things like what is your legacy what is it that you leave behind and that that and and he started behind brett Favre, and he Mm -hmm. had to sit behind brett Favre. Mm -hmm. so no that that makes really really good sense you are the oracle gosh now i'm sending neo to you 
<laughs> that's you know what there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks this year who are going to be talking about their legacies in the offseason and how they want those russell wilson does he stay in seattle does he go someplace else to build his legacy deshaun watson based on everything that's happened with him in the offseason if he gets a chance to play again what's his legacy when he goes to another team because there's no way he's coming back to Houston. You could look at some other quarterbacks out there. Jameis Winston, he's a free agent, I believe, after this season. Does he come back? What's his legacy going to be? There's a lot of moving parts this offseason. I know the season's not over yet, but there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of quarterbacks who are going to be in the offseason considering what are their legacies? What will the future hold for them? What will people remember them by? And I think Aaron Rodgers is right there at the top of the list. And and Sam Darnold, he, he's got some work to Yeah. He's got some work to do. <laughs> I don't know whatever his legacy is going to be. Um, let, me, <laughs> let me look ahead. Post game show this week we'll have Ash, so we will cover the game after after the game. Uh, Ash and I will be together. We'll do that. Have some good coverage for you. And then Tuesday, Tuesday is the big deal uh, podcast with Risden and the season wrap and. We will be joined by Jerry Jacobs again. He will be going over everything that uh, broke down this week for him or this year for him. Um, his great play, the injury, the surgery, what rehab has been like so far and everything. We've got a great conversation with Jerry coming up. He's absolutely just spectacular. And I can't wait to get him back. One of the standouts this year for the Lions, and one of the underrated standouts for the Lions. Nobody knew that Jerry Jacobs was going to play as well as he did before he got injured for the Lions, except for you, Chris. Yes, <laughs> let me let me point that out. You were the first. Pri- In fact, I will say this for everybody listening. Chris was the guy who pointed out Jerry Jacobs to me initially and said, keep an eye on this guy. This guy is going to be good. So, Chris, you are the oracle on Jerry Jacobs. I've, I've missed one in the last couple of years, and it was K.J. Hunt. I thought he was going to be a great um, slot receiver. I thought he had a lot. But I picked out Terry McLaurin at the Senior Bowl. I, I fell in love with him and, and mm-hmm. picked him out. Every year I've been able to pick somebody except K.J. Hunt. But with, uh, with, with Jerry, I just knew if that guy got a shot. I couldn't. The thing about him is, is he's so jacked. Like, he is just so muscular. And when you see that in a corner, the hips don't usually follow. You know what I mean? They don't have that. The flexibility on that guy. He's got something special. He can really play press. He can mm-hmm. move with a receiver. He's got a lot to offer. He's going to continue. He stays healthy. He's going to continue to be a great player for this team. I'm so excited about what he brings. I would love to see his improvement. I'd love to see Jeff Okuda come back and play well. I'd love to see O'Warrior come back and play well. It's going to be very interesting to see how Jerry Jacobs fits in with that secondary. And it seems like Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, Aubrey Pleasant, the secondary coach, it seems like both of those guys really like what Jerry Jacobs brings to the table. Absolutely. And if you folks have not seen it, go back to the Jerry Jacobs interview from the beginning uh, of the season. He talks about Amani Amani Oruwariye and tells people, this guy, watch him. He is going to be something special this year. And he again, he, he's got his own little Oracle action going on. He found that and he nailed it. Oruwariye was just really came alive under this new Yeah, he did. Stand. So a lot of hope, a lot of good stuff in place for next year. We're looking to see that. We'll see you Sunday. And with that, don't forget your merchandise, DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Great stuff there. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon. Uh, Patreon, 
that. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Access to the Slack, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, bar none. There's there's no other uh, opportunity out there to have that kind of conversation. It's good, good stuff. And I think also you'll want to get in as soon as you can if you're interested in it because... The um the the slack's gonna go up. It's gonna the, the bar for that's gonna go to five bucks instead of a dollar. Just some stuff going on. We want to make sure we put the right kind of thing to keep the the right kind of people in there and and, and good folks. So head on over there, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast if you want to get in there before the, the bar goes up. And if you're already there, worry not, mm-hmm. you're grandfathered in and you're you're already in at your your current rate. Uh make sure to follow us on Twitter at Detroit Lions at D E T Lions Podcast. D E T Lions Podcast. <laughs> And check out AJ Ortiz three, AJ Ortiz three. Antonio, a good follow. He needs to see you out there. Uh, that was Jim, right? Jim Schwartz that that did the Antonio to you, right? Yeah. Uh, no, Steve Mariucci. Mar- Mooch. That was it. Mooch. Yep. There it is. I'll never forget it. Now, now you you are Antonio, Antonio forever. Antonio. Yes. <laughs> Only people call me anytime I get called Antonio. I'm in trouble. Except for that one time. <laughs> he was in trouble that time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> trouble follows that name. <laughs> as we saw <laughs> for Tampa. <laughs> Give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. And Tony, it's not no, no, it's not no, Tony. We're going to see more of you. I promise. Absolutely. Because <laughs> we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.